Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Better late than never. Welcome. It's I like really like the backup shower. Bag milk. This is Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Ceases. It's my favorite. Oh, better late than never. It is so fucking sexy. Welcome, everybody. Episode six of Better Late Than Ever. I don't even remember where we're at. It was a busy day, though, today. Busy, busy day. I was planning on recording a podcast anyway, but I didn't necessarily expect a bunch of news to happen. At least not what did happen. We're going to get to all of that. Weather's made some big changes today. Dave Tippett is out. Jay Woodcroft is in. We are going to get to all of that. All of it. It's going to be a reaction episode today. It's just me. I got no guest. I've got a bunch of voicemails. I've got some tweets from you. I just want to know what you guys thought about today's um, today's announcement, today's news. I've got a couple of clips from Ken Holland to play. I've got a giveaway that I promised you. Lots, lots to get to. But first, I got to thank our friends at Arcadia. Arcadia Brewing, they are the finest folks you will ever hope to meet. Check them out on their website at Arcadia Yeg. That is Y-E-G. ArcadiaYeg.com. Arcadia Brewing Co. on social or Arcadia Brew Co., depending on which platform you're at. That leads me to what I was hoping for was a lot of entries into this contest I launched last week. I made it really easy. I gave you specific posts. All you had to do is go onto those posts specifically and just tag me in it. Say, hey, bag milk, I want to win this prize. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, man, no problem. I got you. I got you. So with that, I went through the entries today and there was a lot of them. So shout out to you guys for making all that work. I think that it was really, really good. I think it was really, really intense to see as many people enter as, 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 as it actually happened. And it made me happy because that actually means that people are listening to this podcast. So for that, I say thank you. For that, I say greetings to you. And for that, I say, yeah, I appreciate you. All of that. I appreciate all of you for being here and I appreciate all of you for entering the contest. I promise I'm going to have more. I'm going to have more clips coming up 
or uh, more contests coming up from our friends at Arcadia. But today I get to announce some winners. That's what I'm excited about. I get to announce some winners. And let me see. Do I got a drum roll? I mean, that's not really a drum roll, but I guess it'll do. That's all I got. I'm going to have to find it. I'm going to have to add a drum roll into my soundboard. But until that time goes, we're going to use this one. Three winners. I have three prize packs to give away for Arcadia, and I'm going to give them away now. So the first winner is... TJ Tour 33. TJ Tour 33. Second winner. Boozy 10. Third winner. The Redman 93. All of you win a prize pack from Arcadia. Cool. All you had to do was enter that contest. So TJ Tour, Boozy 10, and The Redman 93. All you got to do is send me a DM. Whether you entered on Twitter or Instagram, just fire me a note. That's it. It's all you got to do. And you're going to, I'm going to get some details from you and I'm going to connect you with Arcadia and you'll be able to collect your prize. Easy, 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 easy. That's all I wanted to do. And now it's time to get to what everybody wants to talk about today. This is a reaction episode after all. Let's get to the news. Welcome to the news bag milk reporting live from west edmonton 4 30 p.m thursday february 10th as i'm recording big news day for the edmonton oilers as they made a big change ken holland held a press conference today after news broke this morning that he had fired dave tippett and jim Playfor. Uh, the coaching change that a lot of people wanted, it happened today, and here's how Ken Holland led off the press conference. Obviously, you all heard I made a decision uh, this morning to um, relieve uh, Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair of their jobs. Um, very difficult day, tough day. They're good men. Um, poured their heart and soul into the Edmonton Oilers for the last uh, two and a half years. Um, I had a tough night last night, sleepless night, and called uh, Mr. Cates this morning and told him that uh, felt I needed to make a decision um, and uh, obviously told Tip and Jim this morning and I made a decision to uh, hire uh, Jay Woodcroft and Dave Mount. Is that where the cl- I cut the clip off of? Man, I'm, one of these days I'm going to get used to this, I swear. I swear to Gord, I'm going to get used to cutting clips appropriately and not just having them end off that way. So what he was saying is, I hired Jay Woodcroft and Jim Play or, uh, and Dave Manson. Jim Playfair got fired. That's what he was saying. I asked on Twitter. I said, I'm recording today. Just give me your thoughts before we continue on with the press conference. Spiced Oil chimed in, says, glad to see Woodcroft and Manson come up. I much rather use success he's built in Baco and keep it in our system instead of another team picking him up out from under us. Also glad they didn't have a regurgitated coach from the NHL's limited pool of old recyclables. That comes in from Spiced Oil. And I tend to agree. Like if I had a preference on who they were going to hire, Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson, that's where I was at. Back to Ken Holland. Very difficult, tough day. Um, You know, I think that um, we were in here probably a couple weeks ago and I felt that when we were on that stretch 2-11 and 2, there was a lot of circumstances why we were 2-11 and 2, you know, a lot of injuries and lots of things. And, and, uh, and we went on a 5-0 and 1 stretch heading into the break. Uh, we were healthy and 
you know, with 38 games remaining, I just felt that I needed to uh, make a move because um, uh, we still control our own fate, but uh, we got to get cracking here and start winning some games. Really, really do, because like Ken Holland said, there's 38 games, which is a lot of runway left, but it's not a lot of runway left, if that makes sense. It's a lot of time, but it's not a lot of time. And I think that is why I would have preferred to see this move happen about a month ago. I mean, he was talking about a press conference he did on January 11th. That was when Dave Tippett got the vote of confidence from the GM, which tends to be a, uh, you know, you know how it goes. You know how it goes when a GM gives the coach a vote of confidence. That tends to mean they are on their last legs in this league, at least. How much was that actually the case? Like, if the Oilers lost to the Flames instead of starting a win streak, would he have been fired two weeks ago? I don't know. Back to Ken Holland. I think, you know, I thought last night, and we got, you know, I'm, not, I'm not making a decision on one game, but, you know, I, we're down 2 nothing, and I thought Mike Smith really kept us in the, in the game, and then I thought we played a great second period. Um, you know, I can't, I, I just think it's a gut feel, and I've been around the National Hockey League and around teams a long time, and I just felt that um, I needed to make a... You know, at the end of the day, I built the team. I take full responsibility where we're at. Um, you know, I'd, certainly Jim and Tip lost their job today, but it's there's there's you know there's a general manager and all the people that I hire that are that are that have come to this today so it's it's uh like i said it's a tough day so i think it was a it's a gut feel um that i needed to make a change i think that the gut feel counter on this press conference was sky high i set the over under on the oilers nation twitter at two and a half detroit references we cleared that baby but if i had known that we'd be getting a gut feel count probably would have added some of those in there Back to Twitter. I want to get more of your reaction. Again, reaction to the firing of Dave Tippett and bringing in Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. Daddy G says 100%. But when Holland says Koski and Smith tandem will help assist Oilers in being successful, I knew this season is done second round max. Why can't we just go for a home run swing and get ourselves somebody? It has to happen immediately. I know the room loves them, though. Of course, we're talking about Koskinen and Smith. If you don't know what Daddy G's talking about, Ken Holland did give those two a vote of confidence as well, saying when they're both healthy and they're both pushing each other, they've got a hell of a tandem there. Worked for the last couple of years. So far, it has not worked out. Back to Holland. I think if I had the answer or anybody had the answer, we, we wouldn't be having those wild swings. I, I think there's things involved in that uh, you know, everybody's had injuries, but I think there was a stretch there when, when anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, but I think that um, that's obviously part of the reason why I made the, the move today. That's what makes it interesting. And that's why I said, like, it's interesting that those two losses against Vegas and Chicago, both were dog shit games, by the way. Losing 4-0 at home and then 4-1 the very next night. That was an interesting one. Another one, uh, another choice that was interesting that went into that was everybody thought Stuart Skinner was going to be playing yesterday, but instead it was Mike Smith getting the start on back-to-back nights. If you pay attention to the fancies or even just in general, 
the consensus around the NHL is that you don't want to play your goalie two nights in a row. And I would say that goes even more so for a goalie that's 40 and it only played six or seven games all season. I think you want to inch him in a little bit because first of all, you need him to stay healthy. That has been a problem for Mike Smith this year. Second, I don't know that throwing him the wolves to the wolves is the best approach. Ideally, you'd do a conditioning stint, wouldn't you? I know there are some people, some thought that while he's a veteran, they don't really do that with veterans in terms of a conditioning stint. But if you look back to Detroit, Lord knows we're looking back at Detroit a lot. They did do it with Cujo at one point. They sent him down to Grand Rapids. He only played one game down there, but still happened. Last clip from the press, uh, the press conference that I pulled that I thought was interesting. The thing was 40 minutes, so we could have just done a whole thing just on the press conference. But I want to move on. I want to get to your voicemails, and we're going to get to those very, very soon. Last clip from Holland. Not, again, I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes you just need a different voice. You know, not not saying that Dave Tippett didn't do attention to detail. You know, you're some, I think Reed asked me about what, 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 to uh, what things does, um, does he do? Um, you know, so I think sometimes it's a different voice. Sometimes it's a change. Sometimes, you know, certainly, you know, I, I talked to three or four of, Five of our players this morning talked to Connor, talked to Leon, I talked to Darnell. Wouldn't you love to know how those conversations went? Hey, Connor, we're firing the coach. And he's like, oh, yeah? What's going on? Like, what is happening here? Hey, Leon, we're firing the coach. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. Right? You'd have to think that the players that were playing in the room know, right? I mean, we all knew watching it that it seemed like Dave Tippett's time was was limited. But I would love to know how those went. Anyway, I cut this off. Not, again, I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes you just Start need over. a different voice. You know, not, not saying that Dave Tippett didn't do attention to detail. You know, you're some, I think Reed asked me about what, 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 uh, what things does, um, does he do? Um, you know, so I think sometimes it's a different voice. Sometimes it's a change. Sometimes, you know, certainly, I mean, I've, I, I talked to three or four of, Five of our players this morning talked to Connor, talked to Leon, I talked to Darnell, you know, shortly after I made the decision and I, I informed Tip and, and Jim Playfair. And I think we all, f I feel incredible responsibility today. Um, they're good people. They're, they're good hockey people. Um, and, um, I don't like to press conferences and, July, uh, January letting or February letting people go when there's half the season to go. So, you know, certainly, um, part of the decision today is decisions that I've made, but, um, we've got 38 games to try to make it right. And I just felt that I needed to make a change. Didn't need to make a change. Didn't need to make a change. <clears throat> if you follow the general NHL playbook, for GMs, it kind of goes when something's going wrong like this. It's either fire the coach, make a trade. We haven't got a trade yet, but today the fire, the coach did get fired. We are going to get a new voice behind the bench, and I think it's going to be beneficial. I'm just guessing. I'm not in there. I have no idea what's going on in the room, but to me, it looked like based on the way they were playing, guys didn't look like they were buying in anymore. You know, they would look dejected. How many times have they given up the first goal? I'm not saying that's all on Dave Tippett, but at some point, the coach is always the one, the first one to take the fall. And that means, this tells me, the first time Ken Holland has fired a coach in season was today. What is that pressure like from Daryl Cates on top of him? You know what I mean? 
I know a lot of people like to think that Daryl Cates is sitting off in the side and he's not engaged. I don't believe that. I don't have anything to back it up, but I don't believe it. You know? I think that there is probably some pressure going on. If you remember, a couple of weeks ago, the Oilers were down in California for their scouting meetings. Daryl Cates attended that meeting. So I would love to know, wouldn't it be interesting to know what a fly on the wall would be like for that? Right? That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. And it's just going to be interesting to see like what actually happens going forward with this because I, I just, I just, I'm really, really interested to see how this goes. You know, I'm interested to see what this means for the team going forward. I'm interested to see what it means for everybody going forward. This wasn't supposed to happen like this. You know, this wasn't supposed to be one of those times when the Oilers were firing their coach midseason. Could I have seen them make a change at the end of the year when Dave Tippett's contract ran out? Yeah, of course. But I didn't, this is, I didn't expect this. The other thing that happened was, uh, a great quote that Waz just sent me as I was recording. So I didn't have time to prep it properly, but let's see if I can't make this work. It's been, it's been up and down like a toilet seat, really. There's stretches where play, we play pretty good and then we, we don't play good. <laughs> Up and down like a toilet seat. Sounds like a sounds like a rap lyric, you know. Anyway, back to Twitter. I want to know your thoughts on what it is, what it meant to have a coaching change. Brandon says, "Happy that there was a shakeup, but I think Dustin Schwartz needs to be let go, and the goaltending coach needs to be upgraded as well. With goaltending being such a pain point, we need to overhaul the whole thing." A lot of people think they should just overhaul everything in general, meaning top-down, Bob Nicholson, Ken Holland, all the way down. But again, if you're following the standard operating procedures, the SOPs for an NHL team, this was kind of the first step. Second one is going to be a trade. Think back to when Peter Chiarelli got fired a few years ago. What happened? Tom McClellan fired first. Bunch of weird trades. GM to follow. How far along are we? I have no idea. Hank says, right now, right move now to make a splash. Man, I can't read. Hank says, right move now to make a splash with a D-man slash goalie blockbuster. May need a new GM for that, though. One interesting thing that came out today, and I'm going to get to that in the news here in a second, is that Zach Cassian out four to eight weeks with a fractured jaw, according to Ken Holland. That is going to essentially take him to the end of the season on the shelf. If it's the eight-week mark, are the Oilers finally going to do the old LTIR loophole trick? Can they use the savings from Zach Cassian's broken jaw, which is unfortunate for him, there's no doubt. Can they use the savings to go out and adjust the roster at all? You saw teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning do it. Kucherov came off. Obviously different scenarios, apples and oranges, but the scenario is kind of the same, isn't it? Duncan Keith also out two to four weeks on concussion protocol after he had a scary incident last night. He went into the boards full tilt and the old controller disconnected, if you know what I'm saying. It was scary. You don't want to see a guy get switched off like that on the ice. I didn't like it. You guys know if you listen to any of the stuff that I've done over the last couple of months, that move wasn't my favorite from the summer, but at the same point, the last thing you want is to see a guy get hurt like that. So the Oilers now have two guys out, two expensive guys out. That gives them a little bit of cap room. Now, what does that mean in terms of actually getting something done? I have no idea. But it does give them a little bit of space. 
it does give them a little bit of space to try and work with. Another thing that came out today was that the, uh, this one was from, uh, Friedman. Elliot Friedman speculated that the Oilers offered a fifth round pick to Philly for Martin Jones. Philly didn't want to do that. They wanted something more. The Oilers said no. Friedman also speculated that Columbus was asking for a second and third round pick for Jonas Carposalo. Personally, I don't think that either of those guys is necessarily an upgrade over what they've got. So in that sense, I'm happy to see Holland actually just stand pat. I think if you're going to trade for a goaltender, you better make sure it's one that's better than what you've already got, right? It's like this new microphone I'm speaking in right now. Do I sound better, by the way, this week? I was having troubles with setup today. But this microphone I bought, I bought a good one. I bought a better one than the one that I already had. So if you're going to do the goalie thing, you better make sure that you have the same approach there. In other news, just to wrap up the news, Brad Malone signed a one-year contract, one-year two-way contract worth an estimated $750,000. You'd have to imagine that with Jay Woodcroft coming up as the interim head coach, you'd have to think he's, he's interested in bringing his captain with him and that signing today and putting him on waivers so that he's eligible to be recalled. That's what that move tells me. Uh, looking at the provincial government, uh, Jason Kenney announced this week that there would be no capacity limitations anymore starting March 1st. So that means that the Oilers go from a 50% capacity up to 100%. They're going to 100% again. Now, will people actually go there? Will people actually attend the games? Well, now you can have beer and food at your seat again, right? I think that's what everybody wanted in the first place. I think that's what everybody wants, including the Edmonton Oilers that have been missing out on that revenue. You know what I'm talking about. You can't sell $55 beers if you can't sell $55 beers. And once you get back to selling $55 beers, ka-ching. Right? Of course. Uh, lastly in the news, just to wrap things up, uh, I'm very, very sad to report that I'm out of the dating show Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Season three was excellent. I'm looking for a new dating show. Lord knows that I love me some shitty dating shows. And I think that Netflix does a good job of satisfying me and scratching that itch. But when Too Hot to Handle is done, I'm on the lookout for something else. It's very, very sad. It is very, very, very sad. Right? Of course. Of course. Boo! That's my inner, that's my inner monologue. Right? I think that the best thing that we can do is find different dating shows. And now I'm banging into the table. You know what I need to do here? I need to set up a recording studio in my house. I need to set up a little room where everything's not just on my kitchen table. I've got all the equipment now at this point. Looking to my right, I've got my mixer. I've got my soundboard. I've got the mic in front of me. This is a new mic. I've got my laptop. I've got a beer to my left, courtesy of our friends at Arcadia Brewing. But I think I need an actual place. Like I'm banging into the tables. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Either way, it's not great. It is not great at all. And that's why I need to fix it. But we will get there in due time, my friends. Again, let me know how it, let me know how I sound this week. Did the new microphone make a difference? Also, let me know what you think on the Oilers deciding to fire Dave Tippett with 38 games to play. I personally think it was a little bit too late. I would have liked to see this move get done a little bit earlier. But as the name of this podcast suggests, sometimes it's better late than never, you know? Sometimes it's just better late than never. Caution! This podcast may contain traces of cheese and cherries. And with that, back to our regular programming. 
with that said, I want to say, I want to move on because I've got a lot of voicemails this week. So I got to give a shout out to Rig Hand Distillery for jumping on as the sponsor of the voicemails. I've got my bottle of Double Double in front of me. I wish I was having a coffee, but you know what? If I had a coffee at 5 o'clock p.m., I wouldn't be sleeping tonight. That's how that goes. So I want to say thank you, Rig Hand Distillery, for sponsoring the voicemail. And there's no better time to get to it than right now. lot to get to this week. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got four rows, 16 voicemails to get to this week. You guys came through. I got a bunch of them dumped on me today. Obviously, the news broke. I said I was recording today. I wanted to get two Oilers games in the mix before recording this week's episode. I did not expect this news. So I'm thrilled to welcome you to the voicemail brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. They are the sponsors of this podcast, especially the voicemail section. They are also the sponsors of the Bcast. Welcome back to Rig Hand Distilleries. I've got a mix now. So this is going to be an interesting lot of messages because some of them go into last week post... What was that? Episode 5? So some of them came in shortly after episode five. Some of them came in yesterday. Some of them came in after the news broke this morning that Dave Tippett was fired. Again, if you don't know the bit here, I am just listening to these voicemails on the fly. And if you guys are shitheads, I will just cut it out and post because you know who figured out how to do that? Me. I did. I was learning. I was talking to quads when they were here from Vancouver. Of course, quads in favor came down from Canucks Army. They were coming for a little visit. They too use the same software as I do. So they were walking me through some things. I'm learning. Here we are on episode six, and I am already way ahead of the game. So let's get to the first voicemail, shall we? Of course. Caution. This podcast may contain traces of cheese and cherries. I just played that one. I do love that bumper, though, by the way. So that is Donkey Volley, who has been sending those in. Um, we were taking guesses at the office whether or not that accent is real. Liam, who happens to be from England, he says fake. He says that is a fake accent by Donkey Volley. Let's see if I actually get this right by getting clip two. Let's go. You're absolutely listening to Peter Little <laughs> Never. It is a Russian thing that we all talk about. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, yes. Donkey Volley, you are fantastic because these voicemails, I'm keeping a bunch of them as bumpers, by the way. So this is the other one that I kept from last week. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. <laughs> You're listening to better late than never. It's so stupid. Yes. You're sexy as well. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) They're so stupid. I love these so much. So thank you to Donkey Volley. Please keep sending those in. He sent me a DM, by the way, on Twitter. He's just like, hey, man, sorry for dumping so many in your voicemail. Listen, that's part of the joy of this bit is that I don't really know what's coming. So the next one, it just says clip three. So I'm going to push it now. Bag milk. Dick pound here. (laughs) Dick Pound from the World Anti-Doping Agency. <laughs> we are just about to print of your results from the Jasper Hockey Tournament. Uh-huh. Mm, 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 <laughs> mm. Is that the printer? Let me, Dick Pound, read the results. Please. Yup. As expected, you have tested positive for Dickus Bigus, oh. an illegal substance only found in black market underground Swedish penis enlargement drugs. I do use The that. one you need to shoot right into your junk. As a result, <laughs> you will be stripped of your medal from the pond <laughs> hockey tournament. In the future, please refrain from illegal penis enlargement drugs. Stay natural, like me, Dick Pound. 
Best of luck in the future, Dick Pound out. I don't think that was actually Dick Pound, lest anybody actually think that was him. Uh, I will, however, not stop using Swedish. Was that Swedish made penis enlargers? I think that is a shout out to Austin Powers there. I think that's what it was. But Dick Pound, sorry, I'm not going to listen to you. That's just not going to happen. Not today. Not on Dave Tibbet firing day. By the way, you know what I thought was interesting? I know a lot of Withers fans were excited and a lot of them wanted to have a coaching change, but what I didn't necessarily expect is how many people were dancing on his grave after the news came out. I was excited about Jay Woodcroft. I'm excited about Dave Manson, but I'm not pumped like as if the guy isn't a human being, you know? There's no way Dave Tippett's having a good day. And I say that knowing full well that he's made a lot of money from this coaching gig, right? I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Clip number four. Okay, so it said it didn't get my thing. So anyways, I'm talking about eggs that I had that were 15 days past the expiry date. So, Oh, okay. So I forgot I asked on Twitter. I want to know what food items you are eating past their expiry date. So that's where this is coming from. If you're wondering what is she talking about with eggs, that's because I asked. I just kind of forgot that I asked until just now. Go ahead. Dude at work told me that there's a float test and if you fill a glass of water of and put your egg into the glass of water, if it sinks, it's edible. If it floats, it is not. One more time, just in case you missed that. If you put your egg in a bunch of water, I've heard of this, by the way, and it sinks to the bottom, good to go. Float, you want to touch, you want to toss that baby at a Buick. Don't throw eggs at people. I'm just saying. Anyway, continue. Um, my goal was to do some baking. I think things take, taste funky, you know, more than a few days after expiration date, and I sure wasn't going to eat them uh, 15 days after. But that said, I used the four of ten eggs that sank, and I made pavlova, or I made meringues. Mm, pavlova is so delicious. I pavlova. So there you go. If you're really worried about your eggs and you don't want to throw them out prematurely because maybe you let a whole dozen sit in there past the expiration date, do the float test. Thank you! I like that tip, by the way. I, I would love more of those tips coming in. Again, I forgot that I asked that, but I am very grateful to, I think, Jenny. Is that right? I'm grateful to Jenny for sending that tip in because if you got more of them, I want to hear it. This is the podcast for you. I want to know what you're thinking when it comes to your food items. Do I eat eggs long past their their due date? Probably. When I was a little kid, I feel like we always had eggs in the fridge and there was no idea when they showed up and I would just eat them anyway. Bad? I'm still here. What do I personally eat past the expiry date? My girlfriend left some soy milk in the fridge at my place. I don't ever drink that. She was putting it in coffee and it turned out to be delicious. It was a vanilla soy milk. So I was having a good time with it. I was putting it in my coffee because she doesn't live with me. I live by myself. And I was like, this is delicious. So I was putting it in my coffee. Little did I know that I was putting it in my coffee well past the expiry date. Now, maybe it tasted funky and I just don't know. But I was enjoying it anyway. By the way, Reed Wilkins, shout out to Reed Wilkins for giving me a call right now. I'm going to ignore that because I'm, I'm, I'm a professional. But again, send me your food tips. You know what else? Uh, one that I was little when I was a little kid that what well, we're going to talk about cheese again. My dad, if there was ever mold on the cheese, he would just cut that baby off and away we'd go. I learned that trick when I was a little kid. I also learned that cheese is just basically moldy, you know, anyway, right? That's just a thought. I want to know what you're eating past the expiry date. 
Is it fruit? A little bit mushy? You throw it in your mouth anyway? Doesn't matter. Clip number five. Bagged milk. What a stupid name. Brownlee? Who thought of that? I'm pretty sure that's Brownlee. One sec. Bagged milk. That is Brownlee. What a stupid name. (laughs) Who thought of that? Unfortunately, I did. I can't blame anybody else than me, Brownlee. Thank you for checking in. I got to get Brownlee on the show, too. He has the greatest stories. Taking you behind the scenes a little bit. Me and Brownlee don't speak very often on the phone. Uh, most of it is through email, but every now and then we'll touch base on a phone call that lasts about an hour because I love asking that guy stories from when he was on the road and he has got a lot of them. Unfortunately, most of them he can't talk about on the website, but man, those are the best ones, you know? Shout out to Brown. Clip number six. No way. Am I getting Rickrolled? I am getting Rickrolled. Okay, I'm going to pause that because I don't want my podcast to get ripped off for stealing music. So, shout out to whoever Rickrolled me. I was always wondering if that was going to happen, and there it was. Clip number seven. Bagged milk. What do you think of this idea for the All-Star game? Just turn it into a massive shinny tournament on an outdoor rink. You can have some fancy-looking pond hockey set up, like in the mountains would be sweet. And then you start the weekend by putting all the players' sticks in the middle of the ice and have the captains of each team Go pick their players up. Take turns side by side. Throw the stick to your side of the rink. It kind of like the draft they had a few years ago. Kessel got picked last. Hilarious. Then you could still do the three on three tournament, but it's just outside shinny, which means no contact. Sure. But at least it's cool to look at. What do you think? I like the idea. I think it'd be a lot of fun. The reason the NHL won't do that though on a pond that is, is because you need them sweet, sweet cheeks in the seats, buddy. You need them dollars coming in. If there's one thing the All-Star Game is for, it is making money and awareness and raising awareness for the sponsors and giving kids something to do. So I like the idea of throwing sticks in the middle. That would add a different layer. It'd be fun to see players mixing and matching like that. I'd love it. But I just don't think that uh, the pond angle will happen. One thing that I was thinking about for the All-Star Game as I was watching it, because I was covering it for Daily Faceoff, actually. What if... What if we added a couple of events or at least amended the events. One, first off, I want a competition where players dress up as the goalies and people take clappers at the players. I'd love to know who stops the most pucks. You know, Victor Hedman won the hardest shot this year. By the way, that needs more than four entrants, by the way. That's that's just how it should go. But anyway, Victor Hedman won the hardest shot this year. He should be taking slap shots at any dummy that wants to stand in net. I'm just thinking about this is an opportunity for Chris Russell to be like, I am going to the All-Star game. I'm a player goalie. That's what I do. Or another thing I thought about, let's add another person in there. Like just a normal dude. A normal guy that plays hockey with his buddies or plays beer league. Throw some of them in the mix. Remember that show, Pros vs. Joes? That's what I'm thinking. Pros versus Joes. But all of a sudden, you've got a old fucking Gus from Winnipeg. He is out there in the fastest skater, and he's trying to haul ass Connor McDavid. He finishes in 23 seconds. It'd be hilarious. Let us have a look at how good these guys actually are. That's what I'm thinking. Right? Of course. Hello, bagged milk. <laughs> this is Vladimir calling from uh, definitely not KGB. Uh-oh. You have an asset we are interested in. A dog who can tell the future. He can. One, Frank Milk. We would like to recruit him for definitely not the KGB to do definitely not bad things. 
if you are interested, Stupid. meet us at the top of Manulife Place at midnight Manulife during Place. the dog. We will be waiting. And vodka. We want vodka, too. I think that's very funny how specific you were. Meet me at the roof of Manulife Place. <laughs> By the way, if you missed it, Frank is now... Shout out to Yasher on Instagram. He did the record for me. So I know now that after yesterday's loss, Frank is 27-17 and 17 on the season. That's a dog predicting the future, just like the KGB friend said. Shout out to Poots. Hey, Bank Milk. I don't eat anything when it's past its best before date, unless it's Tyler Uramchuk. <laughs> well, man, I think one of my favorite things about this podcast is how we're finding out together that Tyler Uramchuk is just a sexy, sexy object when it comes to the nation and its citizens. I love this. I didn't know. I didn't know that you guys all thought that Tyler is as sexy as I do, but it turns out, there you go. Uh, no eating anything past its prime except Tyler Ramchuk. I finally found you. It's me, Anita Pullman. I have seen the words you say about my boy Tucker Pullman. Oh, yeah. I am not impressed. Just because he is like... Whoops, I didn't mean to stop that. Where Monsieur Malk? Yeah. I finally found you. It's me, Anita Pullman. Anita Pullman. I have seen the words you say about my boy Tucker Pullman. I am not impressed. <laughs> Just because he is lactose intolerant, <laughs> likes mayonnaise, and shops at Old Navy, gives you no right. I have contacted James H. Brown and Associates for the personal injury to my <laughs> son's feelings. <laughs> James H. Brown and Associates for Hurt Feelings. I love that. Again, I don't know how you guys are doing the robot voices or whatever, but they're very, very funny to me. They're very, very funny to me. And I appreciate, I hope you guys appreciate that I don't listen to these because it just gives you carte blanche to do whatever you want. Again, I'll cut it out and post if it's dumb, but like for the most part, these are pretty funny. Clip number 11. Hey, Bag Milk. It's Presto in Regina again. Awesome podcast. Love it. Um, when is it going to be time to finally realize that the players are not responding to tip it? Oh, interesting. Um, we 31 times have given up the first goal. Our power play has one play, the dry side one timer. And since the teams have figured it out, they're absolute garbage. When are they going to bring up the coaching staff from the minors that are getting an average team to beat better teams because the coach has a system that works? He responds to the play. Well, I think I can stop Presto there and just say, I, I think this message came in two days ago. I'm looking at the dates added here. I think it was two days ago. So there's your answer, my friend. It turns out playing Mike Smith in back-to-back situations when no one would in there, no one would normally do that in this league and getting shelled two games in a row back-to-back at home. That's, that's what it is. There's your ticket. What is it going to take? That's what it's going to take. Thought I would throw another one in because I didn't get done all of what I wanted to say. It's presto again. Everybody talks about not trading for Chickering because the asking price is too high. I'm not going to, I don't disagree that it might be a little bit too high, but Chickering has 200 games experience under his belt and you know what you get. He's a tough, solid defender with limited or some offensive upside. We have Broberg, Samar Rukov, and Nimalainen all coming up. You have no idea what they're going to be in the future because every prospect is a roll of the dice unless you're a Connor McDavid or a Sidney Crosby. We need to move somebody along with Yamamoto, our draft pick. Like I said before, Cassian, they all have to go. Cassian looks like a friggin' feather pillow out there. He is not the same player. Um, 
I hope you guys can maybe give some insight on if there's any talk about moves, if there's any talk about anything. It sounds like the talk of Flurry going to Colorado has been X because of how great Kemper is playing. So that kind of is the plan I heard was Flurry goes there, we get Kemper. I do believe that if we improve our defense, Koskinen, his numbers will go up. But we do need another goalie because obviously Mike Smith, it, it, it's time to retire. So again, you guys are doing a great job. Sorry to babble on so long. Have a great day. I think the goaltending situation is going to be one that's interesting to watch. As I said earlier in the podcast, the Oilers now have a little bit of cap space, unfortunately, because of injuries to Cassian and Duncan Keith. Can Ken Holland use that space to make something happen? That's the question. I don't think it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury as much as even though I think it'd be a good fit because look at what he did last night for Chicago. He stopped, what, 39 shots, 40 shots? And we couldn't match at the other end. You see what goaltending does. Sometimes you need your goalie to steal the game. And while I totally agree that the Oilers need to tighten up defensively, I think they need to get back on track with their special teams. There's a lot of issues just in general going on with this team right now. I think that goaltending also is one that needs to be corrected. So I was a little bit surprised to hear Ken Holland today say, oh, no, we're going to roll with it. Now, is he saying that because he's talking to the media? Probably, right? He knows the goaltending is not good enough. He knows it is. It's just like on January 11th when he says, Dave Tippett's our coach. I need stability, blue, blue, blah. Well, here we are. Month later, coach gone. Trade deadline is coming up on March 14th. We're going to have a lot of coverage of the trade deadline with Frank Saravalli at dailyfaceoff.com. I encourage you to check that out. But what that means for the Oilers is they've got a window of a month to try and get something done here. They don't have a lot of cap space, like Ken Holland said today. Dollar in, dollar out. I think that is something that we needed to have. And that's a goalie, that is. Dollar in, dollar out. But what does that mean? I don't know. Can you make a deal with Koskinen going the other way to free up some even more space? Can you trade a Cassian? I have no idea. I have no idea. I like to think so, but again, I'm not a, I'm not a GM. I just see all these other teams making trades that sometimes they look like they work, and I would love to know why we can't. The clock's ticking. Hey, we can all agree that Dave Tippett got fired because he never grew out that glorious mustache, right? Right? Come on, Dave. That is the one thing that I do wonder. Had he grown out the mustache, at least for November, what would we have gotten then from the power of the Mo? We know how manly he can look with that mustache, but we never got it in two and a half years. And I think, I think that caller on clip 13 might be correct in saying that was part of his undoing. I'm not going to blame the entire thing or him getting fired on not having a mustache, but. I'm not ready to uh, exclude that reasoning either. I'm not ready for that. I refuse to believe it. Where's the mustache, Dave? Where's the mustache? You know what's going to be even worse? Watch, now that he's unemployed, still collecting checks for a little bit, watch him grow it now. And we see a picture of him on social media, and he's just got the filthiest duster, and we're like, where is that? Where is that? Oh, no. Uh, Hey, bagged milk. I think I'm actually excited. That Jay Woodcroft is the new head coach of the Oilers, which is never good because that just means I'm ready to get disappointed. But this feels like the right move, doesn't it? Like they didn't just go with old, some old crusty guy, new voice behind the bench, rewarding success in the minor leagues. Let's see what happens, but I'm, I'm ready to get hurt. 
I'm ready to get hurt too, man. I've been pushing for Jay Woodcroft as the option all year long in terms of once we started talking about firing the coach. I think that that was the obvious play. The guy has got six, like this. I wish I knew who the, you leave messages every week and you leave good messages, but I don't know who it is. I think that he's right. The guy's earned the chance at being a coach on an NHL bench. And it was either going to happen with the Oilers, which I'm glad it did, or it was going to happen elsewhere. And I didn't want that. And for people saying that he doesn't have experience, well, I disagree in the sense that we're talking about a guy who has now run the Condors bench. He's got a, a championship under his belt there. He won the Pacific Division championship last year in the COVID season. I don't really remember how that worked. But he won that. He's also got a lot of time on an NHL bench as a assistant coach. Obviously, he was working with Todd McClellan for a long time, both in San Jose and here. He's also coached most of these players at one stage or another. I think the familiarity is going to help. I think the younger voice is going to help. And I beg you, I beg you, please look at what he says after games in Bakersfield. He is a very much a team-first guy, very positive and right now for a team that's a little bit fragile in the Edmonton Oilers, I think a softer touch is what they need. I think that bringing in a guy that will jump in front of the bullets for the team is what they needed. I think that Dave Tippett was getting a little bit crusty towards the end of his tenure, and I'm not saying I blame him. Lord knows the Oilers haven't been playing well for the last two months. But I wonder if maybe a softer touch is going to help. And we know that there's familiarity with the coach. He helps out in training camp. Obviously, a lot of players that play down in the minors already know him. Dave Manson has done a very good job of developing defensemen. Let's see what they can do up here. Is it a perfect play? I don't know. I have no idea. But I think that it is the right play. I agree with it. I would have hated to see, oh, the Oilers fire Dave Tippett, bring in Mike Babcock or Claude Julien or one of the other retreads that keeps circling the league. Alain Vigneault. This is a new guy who's earned the chance. I'm 100% behind it. 100%. Now, what I do hope, though, is that Oilers fans give him a little bit of leash, Woodcroft, that is, because he's going to step in here. They play tomorrow against the New York Islanders, a beatable team, in my opinion. But he can't change everything all at once. But what he can do is start to build up the player's confidence by the way he speaks, the way he acts, and the way he carries himself in the media and behind closed doors. So I love it. I love having Woodcroft in there. I love having Dave Manson in there. And I also love having Glenn Gullitson stick around. Our boy Glenn is the Teflon Don here when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers. He somehow avoided the axe when it came to Todd McClellan. He was part of the later staff on that one. He was with... Uh, Ken Hitchcock, when he was temporarily behind the bench, he was with Dave Tippett the last two and a half years, and he is still here. So I think that even though Jay Woodcroft is going to be a new coach and he's still got the interim tag attached to him, having Glenn Gullitson around to provide the little bit of more stability that Ken Holland was talking about, some experience as a head coach, I think that's only beneficial. And as we saw in the two games that he coached in December when the Oilers actually won, it seems like the players respond to him. So I think this is a nice mix of new blood, new vision, new voice, along with a guy like Glenn Gullitson who's been around. He's seen a lot of things. And he's been within this organization and kind of understands what the fuck's going on here. Right? Right. Clip 15. Hey, everyone. Um, so Dave Tippett gone, eh? Another another Oilers coach bites the dust. Not not a very fun year for us. Um, we'll see. You know, like I always ask myself this question. If you're Ken Holland 
at the or Dave Tippett, like at the beginning of the year, how do you say like we got, you know, we got Mike Smith, we got Miko, you know, this is the goaltending tandem you're going to win a Stanley Cup with. If you think the answer is yes, yeah, honestly, you shouldn't be the coach and GM of this team. I'm sorry, like a 39 year old goaltender and another goaltender that's certainly not in his prime, and he he does not play well. Like he will have a few good games, and like to me that justifies it for Tippett and Holland. But the 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 first shots on goal that go in, and the, the like, I don't know how many games I see where there's a bad goal on Koskinen and Smith. Like, if Markstrom signed in Edmonton, sure things could have played out differently. Whatever, he didn't. They need to go after somebody else immediately. They can't wait and play their time. Now you got Koskinen winning a few games before the All Star break, and my feeling is they're just going to wait until he comes back off COVID relief, and then he's going to lose a few games, most likely, and then they're going to make a change anyway. I don't know. I'm fed up. I think a lot of Oilers fans are fed up. I think that sentiment that we just heard right there, and I don't have a name on that clip, so I'm sorry. I think that that sentiment is, for a lot of Oilers fans, that's just how it is right now. That is how a lot of people feel. That gamble in net, to bring back the same tandem for a third straight year, I think. That was a big gamble. And so far to this point, it is not paying off at all, at all, at all. So what do the Oilers do? <clears throat> Today we saw we they kicked tires on Martin Jones. Don't want to do that personally. I saw that they kicked tires again on Jonas Corposalo. Again, those two guys, I don't nec- they don't really do it for me. So if those are the options that we've got as available goaltenders, maybe you have to stick with this duo, but not because you want to, but because that's a product of circumstance. Other GMs are not going to help you here. They're going to throw anchors at you. They are going to throw everything they have at you to try and win that trade. Those aren't in a position of strength here. Everybody knows it. That caller knows it. I know it. And you, the listener, knows it. What do you do? What do you do here? You got to do something. Looking at Mike Smith's last five games as an example, the highest save percentage he's generated over his last five starts was a 9.05 in Toronto. That's not near good enough. Miko was hot before the break, but now he's in COVID protocol. What does that do when he comes back? I don't know. But again, all your chips are on the table. All your cards are played. Everything goes all in. And you know what? If this season gets away from the Oilers, that bet made by Ken Holland is a major one a major one and i wonder if he'll be held account- accountable for it at the end of the day if things go sideways again we've got 38 games a lot of time but not really a lot of time last clip let's go what <laughs> is that greg let's go what that sounds like my boy greg greg if that's you happy to hear from you buddy where have you been Greg's a good guy. I think that a lot of Oilers fans were excited about today. It's a new opportunity. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a new voice. It's almost a fresh start. And I think for a lot of us, that's what's exciting about this move. Nobody's dancing on Dave Tippett's grave. Well, I mean, some people were. And for that, I I question your motives a little bit. But if you want the team to win, I think this is the first step in the GM playbook. This is the first one that happens. And this is the first one that is a chip played. Now this is... Ken Holland's second coaching hire. Clock's ticking. 
The clock's ticking. So for our friends at Rig Hand Distilleries, there's another week of the voicemail. If you go to RigHandDistillery.com, what I'm going to direct you to is a coupon for a tasting tour. Get a free cocktail and a drink and a tour of the facility. I've gone on the tour before. It's wonderful. It's fun. They've got a nice little bar there. Have a Caesar. Delicious. Maybe buy a bottle of Brum or a bottle, as I'm looking at, of the Double Double that is sitting beside me. Again, I wish I was making coffee. Shout out to Rig Hand Distillery for coming aboard as the sponsor of the voicemail. If you, again, if you missed it earlier, I gave away the prizes for the Arcadia giveaway. Shout out to TJ Tours, Boozy10, and the Redman93 for winning those prizes. Again, reach out to me when you get a chance. We will get you organized with Arcadia to get those prizes going. And next up, I also told you I was going to read some reviews. So I've got some reviews coming in on this podcast. I want to read some of them because they're, they're, they're funny to me. So we're going to open this up here, and we are going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to move over here. I lost my space here. I'm vamping. Just give me a second here. I'm vamping, all right? All right, there we go. Here are the reviews. And this one is from, these are from Apple Podcasts, by the way. Five stars. Bag Milk, you are Frank the Talking Dog, aren't you? That's from Evergreen Fire. This is the best podcast, and I'm lactose intolerant, says Two Karen Larry. Five stars. LC1785 says, what oh, my music went. It's all fun of the B cast without the pain of an Oilers loss. Well done, bag milk. Drop Tune says, imagine milk in a convenient bag. Now imagine the bag of milk is a podcast. Now imagine the bag of milk podcast is all about the Edmonton Oilers. Imagine no more. Lastly, <laughs> this music is the best. One more time. Pox, Pox V2 gives it a five-star review as well. It says, five stars from the Arby's gang. Shout out to all of you in the Arby's gang. And please keep leaving me your reviews. I'm going to read more of them. I appreciate all of you for checking this out. I appreciate all of you just for being here. Checking in. Chiming in. Leaving me voicemails. And just making this podcast a lot of fun to do. There is, for me, this is a little bit of dose, a little dose of normalcy in my day right now, and I'm really enjoying doing this podcast, and I'm really enjoying that you guys are also a part of this with me, so I just want to say thank you again. I say it a lot, I'm going to say it here one more time, and that's it. So just to recap the news that we got to today, Dave Tippett out. That comes less than a month after the vote of confidence that was given to him on January 11th. It seems to be the kiss of death. Zach Cassian also out four to eight weeks with a fractured jaw. Duncan Keith out two to four weeks with concussion protocol. Brad Malone signed. Nation Dan and some are out rejoicing. He's on a one-year, two-way contract. We are getting back to a full barn on March 1st here in Alberta. That's for the Oilers and the Flames. They can now go to max capacity. It's a new day. Tomorrow's the first game for um, Jay Woodcroft behind the bench since he was an assistant coach with Tom McClellan. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. 4-2 score prediction over the Islanders tomorrow. That is a winnable game. The Oilers have to have it. The Oilers have to have it. And lastly, I want to end off this week's podcast by saying thank you to our friends at Arcadia Brewing. Check them out again at ArcadiaYegg.com. I also want to thank Red Can Distillery. Check them out at RedCanDistillery.com. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for checking this out, sharing, subscribing, leaving reviews. I really appreciate it. This is the episode that I've been waiting to do for a little bit, a reaction episode. I didn't necessarily think that it would be about Dave Tiffany getting fired, but here we are. 
episode, episode six will be better later than ever in the books. Please subscribe, please tell friends, please tell everybody you know. Help me grow this podcast because at the end of the day, this is our podcast. All about, all about feedback and donation. I'm going to take one last look on Twitter to see if anybody else has any feedback about the firing of Dave Tippett, and we've just got. <laughs> A little bit of feedback there. And, and Cody also says, love it, but still more work to do. And I agree with that. That doesn't, that doesn't just go for the Edmonton Oilers. And the standings, or in the boardroom, also here on the Better Ways and Evans' episode 6. I want to say thank you once again. Have a great, have a great week, everybody. I appreciate each and every one of you. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.